Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It's good to be with you. This is a Wednesday, the day before the Holy Triduum. And you know how many Catholics I've spoken to that have never even heard the word Triduum? It's three-day. Tri is three, and dia, dium is days, uh, the plural. So it's three days, and it um, consists of Holy Thursday, That is the night on which our Lord had the Last Supper, the last Passover of the Old Covenant, which became the first Mass of the New. Um, And then Good Friday, uh, the day on which our Lord was put to death for us. Holy Saturday, the day that he was um, in the tomb but descended into hell, uh, the waiting place of the dead and the righteous dead. Uh, to let them know he won the victory. And um, and then, so it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. And then, of course, Saturday night begins the vigil. Anytime after sundown begins the vigil, which is the evening before the day. And that's according to the Jewish calendar, where the day begins at sundown the day before. So it's sundown to sundown is the Jewish day. And every time we and our family celebrated Jewish holy days, that's what we did from sundown to sundown. Um, so we have a very special time. And the next two days, uh, every day this week is a first-class feast, although we are fasting, it's still Lent. Um, and um, actually... I believe Lent officially ends today, at the end of today, because then we have the Holy Triduum. We continue to fast. We continue our Lenten fast and promises. And of course, Friday is um, uh, abstinence, a day of abstinence and fasting both. Um, very, very holy days. And we have a, a real opportunity to offer all our sacrifices, uh, all our prayers, our fasting, our hearts, for the reparation of the sins of the world that I truly believe have brought this coronavirus on us and for the sufferings of all those gravely affected by it. The next two days, beloved, will be special programming for Holy Thursday and Holy Friday. So we will not be with you individually. I will not be with you on air those two days because Station of the Cross has... Um, very special program for that holy uh, triduum. And so I started to read yesterday a meditation by uh, a message for the holiest week of the year by Cardinal Raymond Burke, and we only got through part of it, and I'd truly like to um, impart it to us as uh, the message prior to the holy triduum. So I'm going to try to get through it if we can, and then at the half-hour break we'll begin to take your calls, your texts, and your emails. Cardinal Burke begins, Dear friends, 
From the beginning of my service as a bishop of a diocese, it seemed that every year, as the celebration of Christmas and Easter approached, there would be a profoundly sad event in the diocese or difficult crisis in face to face for the good of the diocese, just as I was anticipating with joy the celebrations of the great mysteries of our salvation, something would happen, which from a human point of view put a dark cloud over the celebrations and called into question the joy they inspired. Once when I commented to a brother bishop about this distressingly too regular experience, he simply responded, it is, it is Satan trying to steal your joy. It makes sense that Satan, whom our Lord describes as a murderer from the beginning, a liar and the father of lies, wants to hide from our eyes the great realities of the incarnation and redemption, wants to distract us from the liturgical rites through which we not only celebrate those truths, but receive the immeasurable and unceasing graces they have won for us. Satan wants to convince us that loss and death and the sadness and fear which naturally accompany them show Christ to be false, falsify his redemption and incarnation, and show our faith and the joy it naturally inspires to be a lie. But it is Satan who is false. He is the liar. Christ, God the Son, indeed has become man. He has suffered the cruelest passion and death in order to redeem our human nature, to restore to us true life, the divine life, which overcomes the worst sufferings and even death itself and brings us surely and safely to our true destiny, eternal life with him. St. Paul, in the face of so many profoundly discouraging trials throughout the course of his apostolic ministry, culminating in his martyrdom at Rome, wrote to the Christians of Colossae, quote, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, the church, end quote. From Colossians, Colossians one twenty four. For him, as it should be for us, to suffer with Christ for the church, for the love of God and our neighbor, is the unassailable and unfailing... Um, oh dear, hold on a moment. Did I get these pages mixed up? Um, uh-oh, uh-oh, beloved. I think I did. I think I did. Shame on me. I'm so sorry. Um, hold on a minute. What am I going to do? Okay. Um, I didn't number the pages, and they are a little mixed up. I'm so sorry to, to have uh, done that. Okay, let's see now. Um, And unfailing, uh, I guess I really messed this up. Here it is. This must be, this must be it. 
Next time I'll number the pages. I just printed it out. Um, okay, my apologies, beloved. Um, for him, as it should be for uh, should be for us to suffer with Christ for the church, for the love of God and our neighbor, is the unassailable and unfailing source of our joy. It is the highest expression of our communion with Christ, God the Son incarnate, sharing with him in the mystery of the divine love of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the life of Christ, the grace of the Holy Spirit, poured forth from Christ's heart to dwell within our hearts, inspires and strengthens us to embrace loss and death with his love, which conquers them and transforms them into eternal gain and life without end. Our joy, then, is not some superficial pleasure or emotion, but the fruit of love, which is strong as death. That's from the Song of Songs, which many waters cannot quench, neither can floods drown it. Our joy does not take away the sharp sting of loss and death, but with confidence and courage, faces them as part of the lifelong combat of love, which we are called to wage during this life. After all, we are, by God's grace, true soldiers of Christ. In the sure knowledge of the victory of eternal life, thus at the end of his life, St. Paul could write to his spiritual son and fellow shepherd of the flock, St. Timothy, quote, <clears throat> For I am already on the point of being sacrificed. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his approaching. Second Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> we love our Lord. We love the redemption, the redemptive incarnation by which he is alive for us in the church. And thus we are joyful in fighting the good fight with him, in staying the course, no matter what trials we face, and in keeping the faith when the father of lies tempts us to doubt Christ and even to deny him. Satan has perhaps never had a better tool than the coronavirus for stealing our joy in celebrating the holiest days of the year the days during which Christ won for us eternal life. We'll stop there, beloved, and we'll come back uh, after the break, and we'll continue reading this beautiful um, message from one of our chief shepherds, Cardinal Raymond Burke, and then we'll take your calls at the half break. Don't go away, beloved. Be right back.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved Uh, This is Mother Miriam live. I'm thrilled to be with you. I'm going to continue reading this wonderful uh, message to us from Cardinal Burke. Um, And and I mentioned we'll take your calls at the half hour. And if you call sooner, you'll just be first in line. But um, we'll we'll begin to take your calls, your texts, your emails at the half hour. So if you call in earlier, beloved... Um, you, you need to wait just, just a little while until after the next break. So God bless all of you. Um, let me see now where we left off. Um, all right, just a second now. I don't know what just happened. Hold on a moment. Hold on, beloved. We have a little technical problem here. Um, and I need to fix it. I think we just shut off the live stream by mistake. Um, let me try again to connect. So, so sorry. I think it's my fault this time. Hold on one moment. And I think we'll come back. One moment. Those of you who are listening just on radio don't know. Okay, I think we're okay now. I think we're back. My 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 apology. I clicked the wrong thing. 
All right. Cardinal Burke says, um, um, okay, Satan has perhaps never had a better tool than the coronavirus for stealing our joy and celebrating the holiest days of the year, the days during which Christ won for us eternal life. How he would like to take the holiness from the one week of the year, which is known simply as Holy Week. The current international health crisis caused by the coronavirus, COVID-19, continues to reap a tragic harvest on loss and death, engendering profound sadness and fear in the human heart. Certainly, Satan is using the suffering, which has beset so many homes, neighborhoods, cities, and nations to tempt us to doubt our Lord and the faith. Hope and love, which are his great gifts to us for our daily living. The effect of Satan's murderous intent and his lies is made all the greater when we are far from the Lord when we have taken his life within us for granted, when we have even abandoned him as we pursue passing worldly pleasures, conveniences, or successes. In the church herself, we have witnessed a failure to teach first Christ as Lord. How many today are suffering profoundly from a useless fear because they have forgotten or even rejected the kingship of the heart of Jesus in their hearts and homes. Remember the words of our Lord to Jairus, who sought his help for his dying daughter. Quote, do not fear, only believe. End quote. How many today are without hope because they think that the victory over the evil of the coronavirus, COVID-19, depends uh, totally on us because they have forgotten that while we must do all that we can humanly to fight a great evil, God alone can bless our efforts and give us the victory over loss and death. It is so sad to read documents, even documents of the church, which purport to address the most important difficulties which we face and to find in them no acknowledgement of the Lord Christ, of the truth that we depend completely upon God for our being, for all that we are and all that we have, and that therefore prayer and worship are our first and most, our first and most important means of combating any evil. Some days ago, the Cardinal writes, Cardinal Burke, some days ago a young adult Catholic said to me, as if it were a matter of a logical fact, that he would not be celebrating Easter this year because of the coronavirus. Oh, my goodness. Oh, If the joy of our Easter celebration were simply a matter of good feelings, then I understand his sentiment. But the joy of Easter is rooted in eternal truth, the victory of Christ over what clearly looked like his annihilation. The victory won in his human nature for the sake of the same victory in our human nature, no matter what hardships we may be suffering. If we believe in Christ, if we trust in his promises, then we must celebrate with joy his great work of the redemption. 
to celebrate the mysteries of Christ's passion, death, and resurrection is not to lack respect for the suffering of so many during the present time, but to recognize that Christ is with us to overcome our sufferings with his love. Our celebration is a beacon of hope for those whose lives are severely tried and invites them uh, to place their trust in our Lord. Yes, Holy Week this year is so different for us. The suffering associated with the coronavirus has even led to a situation in which many Catholics during Holy Week do not have access to the sacraments of penance and the Holy Eucharist, which are our extraordinary yet also ordinary encounters with the risen Lord in order that he may renew and strengthen us in his life. But it remains the holiest week of the year. Do you hear that, beloved? It remains the holiest week of the year. I'm gonna, let me just keep reading Cardinal Burke. Um, <clears throat> for it commemorates the events by which we are alive in Christ, by which eternal life is ours, even in the face of a pandemic, a worldwide health crisis. I urge you, therefore, not to give way to the lie of Satan, who would convince you that this year you have nothing to celebrate during Holy Week. No, you have everything to celebrate. For Christ has gone before us in every suffering and now accompanies us in our sufferings so that we remain strong in his love, the love which conquers every evil. Today, Cardinal Burke says, we celebrate, well, he actually wrote this for, for Sunday, for Palm Sunday, when Christ entered into Jerusalem with full knowledge of the passion and death which awaited him. He knew how ephemeral uh, was the welcome which he had received, a just welcome for the king of heaven and earth, but superficial because those who extended it had only a worldly understanding of the salvation which he came to win for us. They were not ready to be one with Christ in the establishment of his eternal kingdom through the events of the passion and death. After Palm Sunday, each day of Holy Week is rightly called holy because it is part of Christ's steadfast embrace of his saving mission at the culmination, uh-oh, did I mix these up again? Are you going to get impatient with me or not? I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did, but I'm going to continue this way. Take time today to reflect on the true royal welcome. If Cardinal Burke, if you happen to be listening on Station of the Cross or LifeSite News, um, I do apologize for messing this up terribly. Take time today to reflect on the true royal welcome which you have extended to Christ in your heart and in your home. Read again the account of his entrance into Jerusalem and of how after his triumphal entry he wept over Jerusalem with the words, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood 
under her wings and you would not. I think I read this yesterday too. I have really messed up these pages. Maybe it's God's providence uh, to have us uh, have in today's reading what he would have. The verses, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, to me are the most heart-wrenching verses in all of Scripture. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets and stoning those who are sent to you. How often would I have gathered your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you would not. Dominus Flavit, the place in Israel where our Lord wept. I was there, and I sobbed and sobbed, picturing that, his heart. If you or your home, Cardinal Burke says, are far from our Lord, remember how he desires to be close to you, to be the constant guest of your heart and home. The constant guest of your heart and home. Remain with Christ throughout Holy Week in a particular way, Make Holy Thursday a day of profound thanksgiving for the sacraments of the Holy Eucharist and the Holy Priesthood, which our Lord instituted at the Last Supper. Make Good Friday a quiet day during which you undertake penitential practices in order to enter more deeply into the mystery of Christ's suffering and dying. On Good Friday, be filled with gratitude for the sacraments of penance, and of the anointing of the sick. On Holy Saturday, keep vigil with our Lord, praising and thanking Him for the gift of His grace in our souls through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from His glorious, pierced heart. Ponder especially how His grace is with you through the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and the Holy Eucharist. During all of these days, reflect upon and thank God for the gift of the sacrament of holy matrimony and its fruit, the family, the domestic church, or the little church, or little church of the home, the first place in which we come to know God, to offer him prayer and worship, and to discipline our lives according to his law. If you are unable to participate in the liturgical rites for these holiest of days, which is indeed a great deprivation, for nothing can substitute for the encounter with Christ through the sacraments during these days, strive in your homes to be at the sacred liturgy through your desire to be in the company of our Lord, especially in the mystery of his saving work. Our Lord does not expect of us the impossible. But he expects that we do the best that we can to be with him throughout these days of his powerful grace. I will stop there, beloved. Um, And we will take your calls and your text and your emails after the break. But I... I think we need to get on our knees in reparation and in thanksgiving, beloved, during this virus for all God has given us and knowing, please God, that we will have the sacraments back again. We will. God will restore them to us and we will be more grateful than ever. Uh, call in toll-free with anything on your heart, one 800 
1-877-511-5483. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Do you have questions about your faith life and the life of your family? Ask Mother Miriam each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern when the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live, a program to inspire you and offer solutions to many of life's challenges. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam with some very exciting news. Through a partnership between the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, you will be able to listen and watch Mother Miriam live on YouTube and Facebook at the Station of the Cross, including past episodes on podcast. As always, you're going to be able to call, text, or email whatever your questions are. If you are not able to watch the live stream, you'll still be able to listen on your local Station of the Cross affiliate on the iCast. Catholic Radio mobile app or at thestationofthecross.com. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. It's good to be with you. And I mentioned we've got a whole half hour to ourselves. Call in with anything on your heart. Uh, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a call from Celia in New York. Hi, Celia. Mother, it's Celia. This is my my Celia. Hello, Celia. How are you? This is like the only way to reach you because I know you're super, super busy. Uh, and how's Paul? Are you both okay? Yeah, we're both okay. We're both Good. okay. Yeah, we're washing our hands so frequently, but we're okay. Good. Yeah. Good. And uh, I pray for you daily. Just want it, you know, by name every single day. God bless so, you. Did you read the wonderful reflection? Father Rutler has a most beautiful reflection out for Holy Week. It's just came out a couple of days ago. Really, I, I I almost read that this morning, but I had already started with Cardinal Burke, and I wanted to finish that. So, um, how are you both doing? Are you okay? I know New York is locked down. <clears throat> yeah, we're okay, but we still manage to get out for walks, um, and it, the the city's very bizarre. I know you lived here for a very long time, and you're from here. Yes, and that it's it's really strange. Um, 
very different from after 9-11. And, um, oh, yes. I, I do walk to and from work because I can. And uh, nobody, of course, is at my office. I'm taking an early lunch break right now. But anyway, um, and, uh, but it's, it's very weird, very weird. But, but the most upsetting is the church and how the church, churches are completely shut down. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, a lot of us Catholics are just enraged, especially those of us who go to daily Mass. We can't receive any of the sacraments. And I guess my question is how not to be enraged about the decision to lock everything down when priests for, uh, you know, 2,000 years have been dying to share the faith, and why can't we have um, mass with six people, six feet apart from each other, or confession, where we wait in line six feet from each other or ten feet from each other? I mean, it's just completely, uh, it's really hard. You know I love my faith, and I would die for it. It's just really hard, and I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That no, we not. can't anything. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> I know and, it. Is the bravery and courage of the priests and the diocese making these these decisions? So, sorry, I just said the vent, but no, I, I know it, Celia. You, you you express the heart of hundreds of thousands of Catholics. You really do. We don't fully understand what is going on. At one point, I begged everyone. Uh, to beg their bishops. I asked everyone to beg their bishops to, bishops to open the churches. And then um, yesterday I uh, spoke about um, having watched Dan Burke, who many of you know, very magnificent uh, Catholic, and his wife Stephanie both contracted the coronavirus um, at an airport, and Dan fought for his life on a respirator, and he's he's... He's out. He's in safety now, we hope, but he did a podcast with his wife, and um, he's a very faithful Catholic daily communicant, and on that podcast, I was surprised to hear him say that this is such a terrible uh, pandemic and virus if it hits you, um, and it's it's so contagious that he also agreed with mass not being held now in Poland, they were holding mass uh, many times a day so that very few people could go. That's I think that's a wonderful thing. I've I also heard that as well, or read that as well that that Poland's having more masses. That's right. So that uh, I think that's a good answer. So that you could have you know so many people, uh, you know maybe a mass every hour of the day, so you could have so many people go at at the same time. Um, I know, and then, um, so I, I, I read an email yesterday, it was from Tanya, who, um, I forget her total circumstance, um, but she talked about one, uh, Eucharistic minister who had contracted the coronavirus, but she didn't know it, and she handed out Holy Communion, uh, at a Nova Sordo parish, and, Eight people died from that, the, as the result of that, um, and there was something else, and she died herself. So the person who wrote me this email said how her view was, how selfish can we be? You know, many people are carriers, and they don't know it, 
And uh, one priest said to me recently, and he is a priest who would die for his people. I know him. And he said if he went into, you know, he would go into a nursing home. He would go into a hospital. He would give people the sacraments, uh, all of that. He would do that. But then he would be afraid to go into a second nursing home or hospital because he wouldn't want to bring the coronavirus there with him. So it's not easy. I've heard from bishops who have been agonized over this. Um, and um, th- there's other things to tell you. Some priests have fought it. Some priests have fought it very strongly. Um, but others have... Um, just been really in agony and in turmoil. Bishop Strickland, for one, he has walked through the streets with the Blessed Sacrament on procession. Um, in one state, Celia, I read yesterday that one priest walked through the streets, and I don't recall the city, simply with a crucifix, not even the Blessed Sacrament, and he was arrested, and there was nobody around him. I think that's demonic. I think this is crazy. But yeah, I agree I, with you. I agree yes, with you. but I, I can't say it's totally demonic that the churches are closed because um, it would be very difficult as a bishop or a priest at this point with the deaths just multiplying 800 per day, you know, in some cities, it's just really very difficult. And so uh, one priest um, has uh, given Mass at his parking lot and the women and not the women the men the people the families come in cars and they fill the parking lot in cars in rows and they stay in their cars and the priest uh, speaks on a loudspeaker and uh, celebrates mass before them and so everyone could be at the mass they can't receive communion but they can all be at that mass Another priest has set up a confessional, you probably know this, in a parking lot, and the cars come one by one, and they stay at a good distance from him, and they have confession. And um, yeah. Why can't speak. we have Mass in Central Park, and people have to stay six to ten feet away from each other, and maybe we well, don't receive... You know, but that's a good thing for people of goodwill. Um I think if we stayed six or ten feet away from each other in Central Park, a lot of people would catch the coronavirus, sweetheart, because that'd be a, a, a horde of people. And the virus stays is transmitted also, they've now found out, in the air. It stays in the air something like uh, 12 feet or 27 feet. So there's so many uh, news reports coming out each day. Celia, beloved... Um, I truly, we have no control over this. We can complain, we can fight, but we're not priests and we're not bishops. And we need. No, and I don't think it's a coincidence this is happening during the holiest season of a year either. I mean. Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Celia, but I've said before, honey, I think this is God's chastisement. And the timing is also His. I don't blame the bishops and priests. I think, and I don't blame God at all. I blame us. We have brought this on ourselves, Celia. You are a zealous, and people don't know you, but you're just beautiful, and you are a convert to the church, and I love you. But And you're zealous, and you love your faith. Blessed be God. So what we need to do is watch what we can, if we wish, from home, on TV, on the Internet, and it's not the same at all, but at least we have the prayers 
many homilies, um, and I think we should all uh, celebrate these next four days, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and even Easter Sunday on our knees at home. That's what I think we should do. I think we should repent for the Catholic people who I think are, I can't judge the Catholic world being responsible for this more than the secular world, but so many Catholics, Celia, I know you know this, are so secular, and they make no difference in the world, only they disgrace our Lord and the faith because they claim to be Catholic. So um, we have to see ourselves as God sees us, beloved, as a people. And I think this is a time not for our anger, not for our pride, not for our um, thinking what we have to do um, uh, with this. Or We're innocent and there's no one innocent, sweetheart. There's nobody. And I think we need to spend these next four days, including Easter Sunday, as much as we rejoice in his resurrection, I think in penance with how we have um, turned from from God and put him out of our schools, put him out of our country, uh, all of that. You're working. That's really an enormous blessing. You know this. So many people are out of work and have yeah have no income coming in. So Celia, beloved, um, don't be angry, but go on your knees with thanksgiving that God has brought you into the church and that this is His pandemic. I'm not saying he caused it, I don't know, but he certainly allowed it, and I think it's a chastisement, and I think it's one that's long overdue. Mm. Uh, All right, I I will, and I I count my blessings every day, and I do pray for everyone and everything. Celia, the Old Testament, plague upon plague, God brought on his people who would bring the Messiah to the world so many plagues because of their disobedience as a people. Well, God bless you, Mother Miriam. I you love too. You. We love I you. I love you. Big hug through the airwaves. Yeah, and please call me next time you're in the city here, of course, after this pandemic. Yeah, I won't come to New York without calling you. Okay, dear okay. one, my love. God bless you. I love you. Thank you, Bye. honey. <clears throat> um, Anna, you're on the line from Massachusetts. Hello, dear one. Hi, good morning, Mother Miriam. Good morning. I'm happy to hear from you from the first time, your voice, but I've been listening to your radio for many years on my car driving to the church. Um, I'm home with my family, some single mother with my children, mm-hmm. some in the Marines, some in the seminary, some outside working, some at home. Um, but I'm to tell you, first of all, I'm very happy to be Catholic, very happy that the good news was announced to me by two new catechumen away, Sean and Gloria, my catechist. Mm. The reason why I'm standing <clears throat> Blessed in my be God. Pray my rosary, reading the Bible, is because of this announcement that my family heard. You see? Over nine years ago, I gave a birth to a son, Joseph Emmanuel, and through this birth, uh, uh, God um, revealed to me, to my family, Precious of mm-hmm. Catholic Church. 
Yes, Anna, God bless you, and God has and blessed you. And the reason why I'm not afraid of coronavirus right. is because of this good news I've received. I've been a Catholic for 49 years. I was baptized, a baby, with mm-hmm. a yellow fever, so I don't die. I baptized wow. a priest, and I'm still living. Mm-hmm. And uh, my question is, Jesus Christ is to come right now. What answers do we have to pay him? We close the church. Mm-hmm. The are open. The body shop around my house is open. People are walking. Mm-hmm. That's essential. The government is take the place of God. I know coronavirus. We have to make mm-hmm. a distance. We should make a distance within our church, maybe two by two people. I know. I know. I know, Anna. It's a very, very difficult, painful time. We, as a people, would tell our Lord if he came now, and the bishops who you have allowed to be bishops have directed this, and, and we, as his people, um, we're under those bishops, and it's a complicated situation. But if God sees us at home, we'll be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Please join us as we reflect on this station from the Way of the Cross. The 14th station, Jesus is laid in the tomb. The body of Jesus is laid in a stranger's tomb. He who in this world had nowhere to rest his head would have no grave of his own after death. You, whose heart is still attached to this world, despise it, that you may not perish with it. O Jesus, you have singled me out from the world. What then shall I seek in it? You have created me for heaven. What then shall I desire upon earth? Depart from me, deceitful world, with all your vanities. From now on I will walk the way of the cross, traced out for me by my Redeemer, and journey toward to my heavenly home, where my rest and my joy shall be forever. The Way of the Cross is a Catholic devotion focusing on the scriptural images of Jesus on the day of his crucifixion. We encourage you to participate in this devotion at your parish during Lent. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Anna, are you still on the line? Yes, Madam. Oh, yes. okay, sweetheart. Sorry, I let that go too long, right into the break. But 
you know, if um, our Lord came right now, he wouldn't ask us. Um, we wouldn't have to give him an answer regarding closed churches because he knows the situation. We wouldn't have to inform him of anything. He did say in the scriptures, when he comes again, will he find faith on the earth? And see, at the moment, our faith on the earth is quite poor. Um, but it is through persecution that God has allowed, that has always restored his people only through persecution, when we realize how much we have and we want to live it. And so the time is not now to be angry. The time is to repent and to pray for all those who have been lukewarm um, and whom God said he will spew out of his mouth. So we need yes, to pray for of course it's true. So we need to pray for them. We need to offer our suffering, Anna, for them. We okay. need to trust that God has allowed this and say, Lord, I repent for all my failures, um, but I also ask your mercy on those um, and offer sacrifices for those who have turned from you and who have been living in sin. Okay, we need to do that. We need to come to their es- rescue as the body of Christ. Yes, it's amazing. Um, I, it's true what you said. I, I get up uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was feel, uh, full of pain on my left hand. So I prayed the rosary as I was praying for my enemies. And the pain left my left arm. And another time that I had uh, this encounter with the rosary, is when I went to Rome in 2014, the 2016, at the pilgrimage with Pope um, Francis. We went to Poland. I sat at St. Peter in front of the throne of St. Peter. Everybody was walking. I said, I've been here many times. I'm just going to sit and pray. I sit down on the floor, pray my rosary. I put my left hand on the throne of St. Peter, rock. I say, Peter, this is my hand. I'm full of pain. If it's you, will you remove this pain from my arm? When I was done praying my entire rosary, the pain left my left okay, arm. Okay, God is good, sweetheart. We need to go to another caller, and God bless you, my dear one. And I wish you a blessed triduum. Okay, God bless you. We have a call from Andrew in North Dakota. Hello, Andrew. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, my comment is just, uh, I understand the public masses, you know, because it's kind of cl- be close quarters, very people sitting close to you. Um, but I work in a grocery store, and uh, there's hundreds of people in there. I know. And you're going through a, a checkout line. I know. Apart. Uh, but the locking of the churches, that's what really... Because, you know, there's going to be a few people in there, maybe, Mm -hmm. but you can't even get in the church to pray before the blessed It's awful, Andrew. It's awful. And uh, there are many churches, by the way, I know of some, that are open and that have adoration for uh, several hours every day. The people know to come and to, you know, keep the social distance. And many priests that also are hearing confessions. Um... I bless God for those priests. Those who do not do that, I don't understand it. I don't. But um, 
I can, I can, I could venture at several guesses, and I won't dare uh, to do this because it it is what it is, beloved. And um, you know, if if you hear of a church an hour from you that's open, I say go. There have been uh, photos on the the internet of people on their knees outside of the church because they know that Jesus is in there, and they're praying outside. the The walls and the doors don't keep them, you know, they don't separate them in that way because he's in there. So um, it, it's an amazing time, Andrew. Um, I can't give you an answer for that. Uh, but it's an amazing time. I do know that some priests are not at, and I think the priest, priests have been arrested for having too many people in a spot at one time. That's one thing. Um, and I also, if the priest is not there, there may be nobody to control that, um, that distancing. And I do know that there are priests who during this time, uh, are in nursing homes and assisted living homes and hospitals. And so they cannot be at their church because they're doing that full time, risking their lives. So we need to be careful with our anger. We don't know each situation. There might be situations that are, are worthy of shame or chastisement, but we don't know that. So, uh, we just have to receive this from God and, um, and join him because he's allowed us to join him in his suffering, especially in this week. This is true. And I pray that uh, we all need to repent as Catholics and especially the priests and bishops. They lead us. In, uh, That's right. Repentance. That's right, dear one. I'm with you, all Andrew. Right. God Thank bless you, you my brother. God bless you, dear. Yeah. We have an email from June in Australia who says, I listen to your program here in Sydney, Australia. Me and my wife are devoted Catholics. We go to church every Sunday with my three kids and send them to Catholic school uh, from elementary to year 12. My son was very religious when he was young and went to the World Youth Day in Germany as one of his high school representatives. He moved to Paris because he was offered a good job. Now he's 31 years old. I always remind my son to go to church every Sunday, and he always says yes. That's a problematic sentence right there, June. Um, who, what parent would need to remind a 30-year-old, 31-year-old to go to church? That would be like reminding a 5-year-old. That makes no sense. Um, we visited him last month, and one Sunday we asked him to go to church with us, me and my wife, he refused and told me that he doesn't go to church anymore. We were surprised and very disappointed. He said that there are a lot of pedophile priests and bishops and cardinals, and he had lost his trust in the church. How will I convince my son to come to the church? Well, to begin with, if you had to remind him at age 31, dear one, uh, to go to church on Sunday, uh, there was no... Um, witness of his faith. Uh, why would a parent remind a 31-year-old? That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and so it seems like his faith was not uh, owned or deep or mature or whatever it was. If he still needed his mother to direct him, that makes no sense. Um, and the fact that he was honest finally and said he doesn't go to church anymore doesn't surprise me at all. Um, and he said there are a lot of pedophile priests and bishops, cardinals. He had, he lost trust in the church. Well, that makes sense to me because he doesn't have the faith. He's not a true Catholic, no matter how he was baptized and confirmed. He doesn't, he's not Catholic. He doesn't know his faith. 
um, because if he's lost his trust in the church, then um, he doesn't know the church, and the church has Christ as his head. To lose trust in the church is to lose trust in Christ. And if you can lose trust in Christ, then you don't believe he's God. Because if you lose trust in God, that makes you God. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The only thing that makes sense, dear June, is that uh, your son never understood or had the faith. Um, And so... um, uh, oh my goodness! There's the music for our our, our uh, ending. Um, again, I wish you all a blessed Holy Triduum, um, and repent as a people. Don't be angry. Don't complain. Let's be on our knees and repent before God and beg His mercy and an end to the coronavirus. Um, God bless you. A blessed Triduum, blessed Holy Saturday, blessed uh, Resurrection Sunday, blessed Easter, and we'll speak with you all on Easter Monday. God bless you.